If you wouldn't mind standing for the reading of our text this morning, let us go before the throne of grace. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to assemble in your house of prayer, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for witness up this morning. Lord, we thank you for clothing us in what we believe to be our right mind. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the activity of our, our limbs to make it here and arrive here safely and say thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because, Lord, we know, Lord, despite everything that's going on right now in this world, Lord, we know that you are sovereign. Lord, we know that you are in control. And, Lord, we know, Lord, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, because, Lord, we know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper and not succeed. And, Lord, we come, Lord, at this time, Lord, to preach your word this morning, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you will be with us throughout this day, Lord. Lord, touch our minds, touch our ears, and our hearts to receive your word, Lord. Lord, that now that I decrease, we pray, Lord, that you will increase, Lord, and let yes, your word Lord. go forth. Yes, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name, we do pray and ask it all. Everyone said, Amen. 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 Our scripture reading will come from the book of St. Mark, chapter 5. St. Mark, chapter 5. We want to look at verse 25 through 34. Twenty-five through thirty-four of Saint Mark, chapter five. You have to say, "Man, you don't have it to say." Hold up, wait a minute. Don't finish that. Don't finish that. Hold up. Where's that? All right, St. Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 25. And it reads, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, someone say an issue, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be what? Whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. We'd like to use for a topic for our text this morning. You look at someone and just make sure you're not able to touch them. Just, just hold your arm out right now. Just, just make sure you, you, can't, you can't touch anybody. Just want to practice our social distancing. Let six feet apart just in case somebody walk in. All right. We're going to use for a subject for our lesson is all I need is one touch. 
All I need is one touch. Turn to someone and say, neighbor, neighbor. All, I need all I need is one touch. One touch. Amen. Yeah. You may be seated. You may yeah. be seated. You may be seated. All I need is one touch. Amen. Uh, there's no doubt that in this life, all of us are going to be faced with many distractions, altercations, challenges, circumstances, controversies, disagreements, difficulties, disruptions, interruptions, obstacles, problems, and even some setbacks. What I'm trying to say is that we will be faced with issues. Note that these can be issues that we create, issues that God allows, issues that the enemy will try to stir up, Issues we can do something about, and then there will be some issues that are just beyond our control. In the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 through 3, it says that, My brother, encounter all the joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Then it says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. And then it says, But let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The truth of the matter is, if we could have it our way, we would do what William Devon said. Anybody know him? William Devon, anybody know who that is? He would say that if we could have it our way, we would have our diamond in the back, some rooftop. Dig in the scene with the gangster lean. <laughs> but then he says, but remember, brothers and sisters, you can still stand tall. And then at the end of that, he says, just be thankful for what you got. But how can you be thankful when it feels like you're sinking in quicksand? How can you say hallelujah to our God when you feel like all hope is gone? Come on now. How can you say I will look to the hills from which cometh my help when it feels like my help is being snatched away from me and my faith is being challenged on every hand? How can you hear the preacher and please don't tell me to look to my neighbor when today is not a neighborly day and it's not a beautiful day in the neighborhood? So don't push me because I'm too close to the edge, and I'm trying not to lose my head. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Our first point that we want to point out in our text that's not directly related to this particular woman is that the first point is don't be too proud to beg. Don't be too proud to beg. It is important to know that right before her encounter with the man called Jesus, who she had heard about, there was a lot of begging and pleading to Jesus in chapter 5 of St. Mark. Let's take a look. Verses 1 through 10 
And if you look at verses 10, it talks about a man who was demon-possessed with an unclean spirit, who had begged Jesus not to send the demons out of the area. Secondly, you'll notice in verses 11 through 13, especially in verse 12, the demons that Jesus had just cast out of that man begged Jesus not to torment them or send them out of the region. So they begged, in verse 12, Jesus to give them permission to relocate to a new home. The herd of pigs ran violently down a steep hill into the sea while they choked to death. Thirdly, you'll notice, verses 14 through 18, and if you look at verses 17 in particular, third, the people who pleaded and prayed for Jesus to leave their region because those were 2,000 pigs that just represented a lot of money that just went off the cliff. And so when they ran off the cliff, they noticed that, wait a minute, my livelihood is more important to me than someone being delivered by demonic oppression. And you know, sometimes that's the truth for some people. Sometimes people don't want to see you being made whole or being, see you being delivered or see you being restored because sometimes your deliverance, it, it, it affects somebody else. Those people who really say that I love you, that are smiling in your face, but they're behind your back, they're what? They, they're telling lies. Sometimes those type of people don't mean you no good. And sometimes they'll tell you what you want to hear, but behind your back secretly, they're wishing that something bad would happen to you. Also in verse 18, as Jesus was getting in the boat, the man from verses 1 through 10 was begging Jesus in verse 18 to go with him. But Jesus told the man, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. But wait a minute, I can bring it a little bit more closer to me for myself, to make it more personal. I remember it was just a couple of years ago, I was dropping my daughter off from school. Uh, I was actually picking her up from a daycare school at the time. And I, here it is, I was unemployed. I didn't know what was going to happen. Here it is, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, wait a minute, what, what is this? An experience that I never felt before. But something told me to call out to God the Father. I said, Lord, do you hear me? Lord, do you hear your son praying to you? Lord, do you hear me talking to you? Lord, I need you right now because I don't know how we're going to make it right now. And I kept begging and I kept pleading. And guess what? Just a couple of hours later after that, I got an answer. Some of you have been begging and pleading when you was in certain circumstances, whether if you were under a bridge, whether if you was in a hotel, motel, a red roof is, no matter where you were at, you were begging and pleading, Lord, deliver me. Lord, deliver me and save me from this person that's going upside my head. Lord, deliver me from this evilness that's going on in my household that I'm going through with my wife, that I'm going through with my husband, that I'm going through with my church. Lord, deliver me right now. Because I don't know what's going to happen. I need you to deliver me because I don't know if the old person in me is going to show up. Lord, I need your help right now, Lord, because I don't know what's going to happen between now and the next hour. Come on now. Come on now. 
I'm thankful because the Lord, he hears us. Thank when you. you cry out to God, the Father, he hears you. Yes, he does. He hears you when you call out. But sometimes we get, what, impatient? Because we want God to move right now. Lord, you know what I'm going through, and I need you to move right now. And sometimes God is trying to get our attention before he even does anything on our behalf. Oh, you don't think that's true? Look at COVID-19 right now. Look at what's going on right now in the world. Right now, you think all this is just happening all of a sudden? God is trying to get our attention, and he's giving us another opportunity to draw closer to him while we have a chance. He's given us the opportunity. Actually, right now, it's as though that he's sounding the alarm, the trumpet, even though we don't see him in the air yet. He said, wait a minute, do, do, you, do you see me now? Do you hear me now? Oh, wait a minute, you, 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 didn't, you didn't catch it uh, uh, back in 9-11, so wait a minute. Let, let, do, do, do you see now what's going on? And you think that you're in control and you think that you can come up with a vaccine or some type of uh, uh, remedy and then you, who you, what you think going to happen? They're going to start testing people for a shot and guess what? It might not even work because it takes years for medication to what? Be FDA approved. Don't test on me. Don't test on me. You know, when you get the flu shot, you get actually some of the flu testing and what the virus is put in you. So your antibodies for I don't I don't want no corona. I don't, I, don't, I don't want no corona. No, miss me. You can miss me on that. I don't want no corona. Not not the beer either. Not the beer. Not the beer. Not the beer. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But now as we get to the genesis of our text in verse 23 of St. Mark chapter 5. It talks about Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, who begged and prayed for Jesus to come put his hands on his daughter, who was at the point of death and needed Jesus to come and perform a miracle and do what no man could do, only to be delayed in getting Jesus to his little girl. And now we see that this woman in St. Mark chapter 5 the Bible doesn't mention her name, but it does mention that she had a disease, that she had a plague, according to the Bible, for how many years? Twelve long years. It said that pregnancy could be a common cause of her condition. It said that polyps or fibroids, which are small and large growths, and the uterus can also bleed. Rarely is a thyroid problem or infection of the cervix, or it could have been cancer of the uterus that could have caused an abnormal urine bleeding. And in most women, abnormal uterine bleeding is caused by a hormone imbalance. But most scholars believe that this woman had menagara, which is a medical term of menstrual periods with abnormal heavy or prolonged bleeding. Although heavy menstrual bleeding is a common concern, most women don't experience this blood loss severe enough to be defined as this particular case here. But she had a severe 
medical problem. She had a severe medical problem. Not only did she have a severe medical problem, the Bible says that she had a severe financial problem. It's point number two. Excuse me, number three. She had a severe financial problem. Second point was she had a severe medical problem, but she also had what? A severe financial problem. If you look at Dr. Luke, the physician said in St. Luke chapter 8, verse 43, it says that she spent all of her living, all of her living on doctors who could not heal her. All of her living. Here it is, she went to the doctors to get better, but only suffered worse, and she became poor. She became poor. He knew how doctor bills could take all the money and family had at the time. And just, just like even today, we know that we go to the doctor so much, if, if you're not careful, if you don't postpone some visits, your whole check will go to doctor visits. They say, we need to see you in two weeks. And you're like, wait a minute, I already got to go to this primary doctor. Then I got to go over here to a specialist. And now you want me to come see you as a specialist. And all these co-pays, before you know, if you keep that going, all your money will be gone. And so you got to say, wait a minute, hold up. <laughs> wait a minute, uh-uh, uh, I can probably see you in a month and a half from now. Maybe two months. But man, you, you're in my pocket right now. Come on, you. No, you're in my pocket right now. So sometimes there are certain things going on with our bodies that we cannot control. Some things that we can control with the correct diet, some things we can control with exercising. But there are some things that the doctor tells us that we can manage ourselves. And uh, <laughs> sometimes we don't listen. Sometimes we don't. The doctor said, hey, if you just lose a little bit of your stomach, you get your cholesterol on the check, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> That's kind of hard, because I like to eat. And uh, I, I, need some, I need some pork chops, I need some rice, I need some greens, you know, and all this that we eat, we, we just think it's our healthy way of eating, but sometimes it's not. It's okay to have something like that every once in a while. But anybody drink some water this morning? Anybody drink water this morning? Uh-uh. I didn't ask you to raise your hand, but those who did raise your hand, you just got caught. You just got caught. <laughs> oh, man. So there are some things that we cannot control. When a soul is sick today, when a soul is sick today, they often go to different doctors and spend a great deal of time and a great deal of money, only to suffer many things from many physicians. A sick soul may go to Dr. Entertainment, but Dr. Entertainment will be like, wait a minute, there's no, there's no cure. Some people might go to pay a visit to Dr. Success, and Dr. Success, he or she might be like, wait a minute, I don't have it for you today. Uh, so you might have to go somewhere else. I can't provide it to you. And some people might go to Dr. Pleasure, and Dr. Pleasure might be like, oh, you can't get your thrill today, I'm sorry. <laughs> you want that fixed, but I, I don't have it. I don't have it to give today. And some people might go to Dr. Self-Help, but Dr. Self-Help needs some self-help themselves. Yeah. And then some 
who know better will only go to the source who can heal us from all diseases, which is Dr. Jesus. Because Dr. Jesus, only what? He can do it. Amen? Amen. Only he can do it. Our fourth point, we're almost finished. This woman, she had a severe religious problem. She had a what? A severe religious problem. So first we saw that what? She had a financial problem. She had a medical problem. And now she has a what? A severe religious problem. In Leviticus chapter 15, verses 1 through 18, it references about if a man was unclean, what his issue is, and also it talks about what was going to happen, what he had to go through because he had an issue. But as we look at verses 19 through 31, it talks about what if a woman was unclean and what's her issue? The main issue here, as we take a look at Leviticus chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 19 and the following verses. Leviticus chapter 15. Leviticus chapter 15. Beginning at verse 19. In the following verses. And it reads, And if a woman have an issue and her issue and her flesh be blood, she shall be put apart how many days? Seven days. And whosoever touch her shall be unclean until the even. And if everything that she lies upon in her separation shall be unclean, everything also that she sitteth upon shall be what? Unclean. And whosoever toucheth her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the even. And whosoever toucheth anything that she set upon shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until what? That even. And if it be on her bed or on anything whereon she set it, when she toucheth it, he shall what? Be unclean until the even. And if any man lie with her, at all, and her flowers be upon him, he shall be unclean how many days? Seven days. And all the bed whereon he lies shall be unclean. And if a woman had an issue of her blood many days out of the time of her separation, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation, she shall be unclean. Every bed whereon she lies all the days of her issue shall be unto her as the bed of her separation and whatsoever she sitteth upon shall be unclean as the, un as the uncleanness of her separation. Verse 27, and whosoever toucheth those things shall be unclean and, and shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until what? The evening. But if she be cleansed of her issue, then shall number to herself how many days? Seven. Seven days. And after that she shall be what? Clean. And on the eighth day 
she shall take unto her two turtles or two young pigeons and bring them unto the priest to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall offer the one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for her before the Lord for the issue of her uncleanliness. Thus shall ye separate the children of Israel from their uncleanliness, that they die not in their uncleanliness, when they defile my tabernacle that is among them. Yes. So here you see that this woman had not just had one issue, she had a whole heap of issues. She had a whole heap of guidelines that she had to what? Abide from according to her religious custom. Nobody could touch her. Nobody could be around her. She couldn't sit on things. She couldn't lay on things because she was what considered what? Unclean. The main issue that the woman had outside of her medical condition and outside of her financial issues was according to the Jewish ideas of that time, this woman touched anyone. She made him or her ceremonial unclean. This uncleanliness did not allow them to take part in any aspect of Israel's worship. So by the very law of her people, she was divorced from her husband, and she could not live in her home. She was ostracized from all society, and she couldn't come in contact with any of her friends. Right now, we're trying to go live YouTube and live Facebook so people can see each other, so people who's locked up in their houses, they can still try to uh, see somebody. She couldn't see anybody. They didn't have all that back then. She was shut down from the services. She was excommunicated. Anybody seen that, that, that movie, John Wick, the last John Wick movie? Es, excommunicado. And he was running for, he was running for his life. His, his feet running off, thought he was going to trip over himself. Excommunicado. She was excommunicado. Couldn't nobody be around her. She couldn't be around nobody. And a lot of times, people feel that way. Even though they might not have a physical issue, some people feel like they're excommunicating from people because they feel like what they're going through is so much and so unbearable and so intolerable that they don't want to tell anybody what they're going through. And the Bible tells us to edify one another and to build up one another. That means at some point, we got to communicate to each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, sister. I know what you're going through. I've been there. I've done that. That's what some of you sisters should be telling each other. You older sisters to the younger sisters. That's okay. That's okay through God. I got you. Let's talk about this. Come here. As Minister Miller would say, let me put some, some fat on your brain. Come on, let's come talk about this. She didn't have anybody she could talk to. Because she felt like a castaway. Because she was excommunicating. So you can imagine by this time she was probably questioning God. Do you really love me? Do you really care? Why me, Lord? I don't understand. Why, why me? How could you let this happen to me? How could, how, how could you? Can you just imagine the questions? That she was asking, how, how could this happen to me? 
Well, let me tell you something. You can ask God a question, but be careful that you don't question God. Because when you start to question God, you start to put yourself as if you are God. And it's not that we are God, it is he who has made us and what? Not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his what? His pasture. Amen? So let's, let's be careful that we don't question God's intentions and his motives because we don't understand and we won't understand. He said, behold, I'll show you a mystery. That's not saying right now, but when we become what? Like him. We will understand it better what? By and by. So you can imagine due to her health, she was excommunicated. Her faith was wavering in God because here it is. She wanted better for her life mentally, physically, financially, religiously, and socially. But she had no way for her desire to become her reality. A lot of people who are going through something right now, a lot of people who are sick, a lot of people that are going through this COVID-19 crisis, or people who have cancer, people who have other diseases, they want better. They want their desire to become their reality, and they're questioning, God, why me? Why me? We must remember the story about Job. How what? Everything was taken from him. His life was what? Turned upside down. Right? His family was gone. His wife was gone. His children was gone. His cattle, his home. Everything was taken away from him. That God allowed Satan to what? To do. He said, you can do these things, but just don't what? Touch his soul. I give you something. Sometimes God will give permission for things to happen in our life, and we don't understand it. We don't understand it. We'll be like, "What well, the devil? Here, the devil is right now." Devil, I know it's you. We say that now, but then a couple of years later, we'll be like, "You know what? It wasn't nobody but God." Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for those closed doors that you closed in my face at the time I didn't see it. I thought it was just the devil. But you close them doors for a reason. Thank you, Lord, for those relationships you didn't allow me to get into. And I thought that it was the, the best interest at heart for me at the time. But you shut those doors, and I thank you for it. Because you know better than I do. Thank you, Lord. But she heard of a man who was passing by. This woman. She heard of a man who was passing by. And said to herself, if I may touch his clothes. St. Luke chapter 8 verse 44 account said the border of Jesus' clothes. And St. Matthew chapter 9 verse 20, it says the hem. Why is this so important? Why is this so important to know where this lady was touching Jesus at the time? I can't really use uh, uh, the illustration that I wanted to use with everybody because we have to practice our social distancing. Amen. Amen. But if, if, if you can imagine, back then they wore these cloaks, and on these cloaks they had like tassels on them. And the thing about it, if you think about the hymn, just like we get these hands hemmed up here, 
The hem is located where? It's at the bottom. Almost to the ground, right? That's the hem. Now, if you think about it in the scripture, the Bible says that what? People were thronging up against her. So imagine 200 plus people all trying to get to Jesus. All are following him. And this woman heard that he was coming and she said, if I may just touch the hem of his garment. So imagine 200, 300 plus people all crowding around, around Jesus and people are pushing each other. Trying to get to him. So if you think about it, this woman, in order to touch him, she had to do what? She had to get on her knees. To touch the hem, she had to crawl. Her faith. She had to get down on her knees and she said, if I just may touch him, the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She had to get down and crawl amongst the crowd to even touch the hem of his garment. And sometimes people say, well, it don't take all that. That might be true. But guess what? When you get desperate enough, when you, Brother Brown, you get desperate enough, you really need a prayer to be answered. You really need a solution to your problem. Guess what? You're going to remember how you used to get down on your knees and cry out to God and say, Lord, do you hear me? This woman, she had to get down on her Knees to touch the hem of his garment amongst a crowd of people. Her faith was just that bold to do that. How many of us have faith that bold to say, no matter what, Lord, I'm going to do what I need to do to get to you. She had enough faith left despite being cut out from society to say, I'm not too proud and proudful to get on my knees. Thank you, Lord. She said, but Lord, I'm desperate for you. Yes, Lord. Thank you God. Lord, I'm lost without you. For it is in him I live. It is in him that I move. It is in him that what? I have my very being. Yes, Acts chapter 17, verse 28. Now watch this. Let's connect Leviticus chapter 15. Verses 29 through 33. She didn't have access to the priests. Remember it said that she had to go what? To a priest and get what? Two turtles or two pigeons, right? As an offering. She didn't have access to the priests. But her faith in God got his attention for Jesus who was the what? Great high priest. <laughs> And he recognized her touch. He recognized her desire. He recognized her faith, which allowed her to be healed immediately from her disease. You see, it wasn't that Jesus touched her as he did for the girl who was, who was dying, who the Bible says she was, what, almost 12 years of age. How many years? And this woman had an issue for how long? Mm. It wasn't that Jesus touched her as the way he was going to go touch this little girl. But you remember this woman who had a plague interrupted Jairus' plea 
for God to save his daughter as Jesus was passing by. But it was the woman who touched Jesus. And then he said, daughter, because of your faith, have made thee whole. Go in peace. And be whole of thy plague. There is somebody that wants to be made whole. There is somebody who wants to be made over. There is somebody who wants to be set free. There is somebody who wants to be delivered. There is somebody who's feeling alone and excommunicated from your loved ones and so-called friends. But I'm here to tell you, only thing you have to do is get his attention. And touch him. All I need is what? One touch. It wasn't that Jesus touched her. It was that she touched him and got his attention. God is getting our attention right now, but people are not trying to touch him and touch his heart. We have to get his attention. It wasn't until she got his attention that she called him what? Jesus called her what? Daughter. Before that, she was just a woman who had an issue. But he called her daughter because of your what? Your faith. Daughter. That's a closer relationship. And we have to have what? A closer relationship with God. But can't nobody do that but who? But you. Some of us are seeking love. Some of us are seeking attention. Some of us are seeking self-validation in all the wrong places. Some of us are praying to be delivered. Some of us are praying to be set free from whatever the enemy has over us, but we're not getting his attention. She got down to touch his hem of his garment. Amongst all the people... What are you doing to get God's attention? What are you doing? He already got our attention. How did he get our attention? He got our attention by sending his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. How is he getting our attention today? COVID-19. Uh-oh. Wait a minute, folks. My brother's getting a little rocky right now. What's going on? I don't want to be around nobody. Uh-uh, stay back away from me. <laughs> Self-containment. Six feet of separation. Uh-uh, don't come. Mm-mm. What are you doing to get his attention? He's got our attention. If you look at the world right now, these little red dots they showing on the, the globe, how in the world is this spreading like this? He's giving our attention. We know he got the whole world in his hands. But he's sounding the alarm right now to say, hey, do you hear me now? Hey, do you see me right now? All I need is, is one touch. All I need is one touch. What are you doing to get God's attention? Your faith, are you wavering in your faith? You need to say, Lord, increase my faith. Your peace, your, you don't have any peace. Lord, give me peace. That surpasses all understanding. Lord, I'm lacking in your word. I see what's going on. I'm a believer, but I'm still being 
I'm wavering, I'm being tempted on every hand. Lord, I need you to come into my life and take control. Lord, give me your spirit. Let it dwell in me. Let it abide in me. Lord, I need you right now because I don't know what tomorrow may bring. I don't know what the next hour may bring. But I need you right now, Father, to make a way. I need you to ease my pain. I need you to ease my mind. And some people, what they're experiencing right now, their mind is going haywire. People are crying because they don't understand what's going on. But those of us who are believers, we have what? A job to do. It is our responsibility to go and tell the world that what? Jesus is what? Coming back. All this is just not happening out of nowhere. We have a responsibility to tell them Jesus died for you so you don't have to go through this mess. What mess? The great tribulation. It's coming. God sent his son to save us. He said he's coming back for what? The church. His bride without a what? A spot or a wrinkle. The church consists of what? Many members. That's what? One body. But some of us, we got we to gotta get that iron out. We got to get that iron out. And get the, get, get the wrinkles out. Only God can get those wrinkles out of our lives. Yeah. He's coming back for the church, right? Yeah. Without a spot or a wrinkle, we got to get that iron out. <laughs> Lord, I need you to take control. Lord, I, 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 there's, a little, there's a little bump right here in, in, in my clothing yeah. for you. I need you to straighten that out. I, I, I might need a little bit of starch to help, but I know you got it. Because you're in control. I, I need some steam. And sometimes God will give us some steam to get our attention. Steam is what? Steam is hot. Right now what we're going through is what? It's hot. <laughs> it's, it's hot. But guess what? Heaven is cold. Streets are paved with gold. Hell is hot, whether you like it or not. I don't know what you've been told. But guess what? I ain't going there. Are you going there? You, you're not going? I hope you're not going there. I'm trying to go to heaven. I'm trying, I want to see those gold streets. I, I like gold. I want to see it. I want to see and look upon his face. And hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because while this is not our home, we have to remember this. We are just what? Traveling through. This barren land, trying to do the best that we can, but we cannot do anything without who? Without God. We cannot do anything without God. You know that there's a, a son that says, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. It says, no, not one. No, not one. None else can heal all of our soul diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Then it goes to say, say Jesus knows all about our struggles. It says he will guide us till the day is done. 
There is not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. The hearts, we need to trust in God and believe in him, acknowledge him, and know that there's not a friend like him. Some of us, we're looking for friends, we're looking for companions, we're looking for self-validation, we're looking for all these things everywhere else. And he's saying, here I am. I'm right here. I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking. You, you the one that got to open up the door and let me in for me to abide in you. You got to open up the door. Only thing I need is one touch. Only thing I need is one touch. 